everybody, and welcome to the first Circle of Friends Animal Shelter podcast. I'm super excited about this because, um, well, I'm an animal lover. Um, I rescue lots of pets. Uh, my family does. Dogs, cats, maybe rabbits. You never know. But we'd like to welcome to the studio from the Circle of Friends Animal Shelter, Laura Lee Tupa. And how are you today? I'm great. Look at the kitten. What 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 is that little kitty's name? Oh, boy. You would have asked. Well, this little kitten's up for adoption. <laughs> well, we started out with the hard question. So, I actually don't know the name of this one. It came from our foster. Oh, okay. So a, a, a cat that young, uh, say you do give it a name, it, I would imagine it's easy to change the name, isn't it? It's very easy to change the name. I, I think the cat likes the microphone. I know. It's got a voice for a <laughs> podcast. How's that? Yeah. It actually, here, I have a sibling in here. And then you're going to ask me what they are, and I don't know. I'm not going to look at that while we're on here. But, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, well, no, on their own like, time. Oh, here they come. Here she comes here or go. he. Yeah, right. Okay. There we go. So <laughs> they all like the microphone. <laughs> they have a voice. That's what they're saying is, you know, we wish this is what we do. We give them a voice. We're right? going to start a so cat cast timely. eventually. Cat cast. I love yeah. That. So they are available for adoption this weekend, uh, or actually anytime from 12 to 6, Wednesday through Saturday. There's actually a lot more over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought we should probably only have two, and they're already being rambunctious, so we'll just put them away. Yeah, they're in there making a little bit of noise and stuff, but um, you know, you know, I was never a cat guy. You aren't? Uh, no, until I moved out in the country, and uh, I'm close to the one of the, the rivers around here. It kind of surrounds my place, and in the spring when the water comes up really high, well, all those little critters down there living on the river, bo- river bottom, they don't have anywhere to go, you know, mice and things like that. So they come up to my house. Oh, I know. And now I know why I like cats. Yeah, um, a working cat. Yeah. Well, two of my three cats, which, by the way, are all rescue cats, um, two of the three, one I was told was never an outside cat. Cat is outside as much as it is inside. Always comes home. Uh, my other cat will stay out. In fact, two of the last three nights, he's been outside all night. It's too bad if you're not. We, we have this little stump by our window. <laughs> and the cats jump up on the stump when they want to come in the house. And if you're not there when I go to bed, well, it's too bad. You're going to stay outside. Not only it's going to be cold, but whatever. But um, And then we have our other rescue cat is, gosh, probably pushing 20 years old. Never been outside. But it's a pretty good combination uh they're pretty fun to come home to i mean how can you not like cats well there you go so in leadership we have this thing called the oreo cookie Mm -hmm. i'm going to break this conversation down into an oreo cookie for you something i can understand uh yeah so the top layer right like thank you for rescuing animals Mm -hmm. that's really great and we have the middle layer. How about if you put like somewhere the cat can go that's warm mm-hmm. when it doesn't make it to the window? Mm-hmm. This is an improvement thing we can work on. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the last one would be that I, I do all teasing aside. Thank you for adopting, you know, pets mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. one of the parts that people don't always think about is when you're looking at the breeding industry, the mm-hmm. large problem that there is with homeless pets. And, you know, even when we're looking at a pet store or we're looking at, you know, different breeding um, places, it's that... Mills. Right. Yeah. And that's situations that we help out with. And so I always encourage people that when, wherever you are, and you're in the United States, if you're going into a pet store to think about how small that space is instead of looking at the faces because Mm -hmm. 
in animal welfare, one of the things that we do is we have proper spacing. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. And so remembering that when they aren't getting, you know, bought, they're going to stay in that size of a cage overnight with mm-hmm. all those siblings. And it's very small. And, it, and they aren't getting out for exercise. Um, they're not getting to be a normal animal. They aren't. And it does impact them. Mm-hmm. It does make oh, a it difference. Does. And so, uh, like for us, so we have something called kennel enrichment and it's a focus. Actually, our, um, our COO went and got training on dogs playing for life. So all of our dogs are going out into a yard and they're playing together Yeah, because they learn best from each other. Sure. So if a correction's being made or they may, you know, watch another dog and then, mm-hmm. you know, learn how to interact with people better, small pets or play better because they can see, mm-hmm. you know, better with their peers. I yeah. Guess and, like. and, and, you know, it's amazing how much dogs learn by association. Mm-hmm. Um, the two rescue dogs, uh, well, I actually had three rescue dogs. Sadly, two of them passed this winter, but... Uh, the two of them were actually delivered to us from Connecticut. Uh, my sister had, had actually rescued them out there from a puppy mill. They were three-year-old um, Siberian, or no, uh, Pier- Great Pyrenees Golden Retrievers. Mm. Two sisters from the same litter living in a wooden crate smaller than this table for the first oh. three years of their lives. So, so my sister rescued them. Uh, the one dog, it, it was a long time. Uh, the dog was scared to death of almost everything. Men, uh, small children, scared to death. My sister had them for a couple of years, and then she got transferred, and she was just, uh, she was crushed because they thought, she thought that they would separate the two. So I said, you know what? Drive up to Minnesota from Connecticut, stay for a week, and leave. Leave the dogs here. Let them, you know, get acclimated to the place while you're still here. And if there's issues or if you can get them back, gladly will. But it was still a couple of months Mm -hmm. before the one dog would actually even come up to me and and let me pet her. But, uh, you know, I helped my old neighbor rescue a boxer one time and he was so fed up in the first couple of months because the dog had its issues. Mm -hmm. By the first year, I mean, it takes a little bit of work. But after that first year, that dog was one of the best dogs ever. These pets... uh, I can't even hardly go into Circle of Friends because I want to adopt them all. I'm an animal guy. All these pets want are a second chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them, you don't even know what they have been through. They just want some, they just want a family. Like, like you said, they want a warm place. They want a family. And, and they just want to be an animal. Well, I think that you have to think about the intake. And if you put that in people form of when they're coming in, they're stressed. Mm -hmm. They've been picked up, you know, put into a police car or a cage of some sort and brought somewhere they've never been before and have people touching them and trying to, you know, make sure they're getting vaccinations and a medical check. I always think about how hard it is to get your dog, who is probably pretty comfortable, to go into even the vet mm-hmm. because of what they know is going to happen. Sure, sure. And that's how they're all, you know, introed to us. Now, they're, you know, we're very kind, compassionate. We're doing all that we can, but we have to, you know, make sure that everybody stays safe. Um, so their personalities are very different, even through their stay with us, because mm-hmm. they start to soften and, you know, they actually have food mm-hmm. and they haven't for a long time. They're getting the care that they need. Many pets that come in have parasites. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I can't imagine, you know, so I always say, you know, when they're incoming, 
they're very kind of like an ER where you never know what you're going to get sure. or what problem they're going to have. And then as they stay, they're receiving that care and love and medical care. And then they're moving into that adoption center. When you go there, though, it still takes the, you know, the, in the first three days, they're going to act different. They're in a brand new home. Mm-hmm. Even if they're confused. Right. Yep. And where they came from, maybe they were potty trained, but they aren't going to be in those first couple sure. of days because it's a new house. You have a different routine. And then in three weeks, it's almost like their personality changes again mm-hmm. because they're more comfortable. And then they say at that three month level is where you start to see almost the real, like I know you said too, it took about three months mm-hmm. where that personality actually starts to come out because they're starting to get into their routine as well. Do you find, and, and I think people who have never owned a pet before then always have thought, you know, boy, it'd be so cool to have a puppy right. or a kitten or a rabbit. Do you think people should do a little research into this before they do it? Because I, and, and, you know what you can uh, if i'm wrong here i would imagine a lot of people get pets and they realize i don't have the time i don't have the patience i don't i i can't deal with this so you end up with them and and you could you could almost hear it and um, maybe this isn't this way with everybody but i'm sure they're blaming it on the pet when it's almost always the human's fault at least in my opinion if you've got a dog that's mean if you've got a dog that's not good around other dogs um if it's not good with kids if it does this and that i still think it's the human's fault i mean what do you what's your take on that so what we've learned is we've worked really hard over the last five years to look at the why's behind things, you mm-hmm. know, why does this happen? And so I think that the starting point is that think about it before you get a pet. It shouldn't be a spontaneous, your child's nagging you or you act by a window or, you know, whatever you saw it on Facebook. It shouldn't be a spontaneous decision. It should be well thought out. I mean, you should have a veterinarian lined up immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they know almost, you know, when you're adopting and your appointment shortly after, because wherever you get a pet from, it's going to need, you know, the veterinarian to look at it, evaluate it. And every, I mean, they're, they're like people, right? Everybody has a problem. Yep. You're not going to have perfect ever. And, um, it's kind of what fits for you. But I think that people get wrapped up in that emotional, you know, piece of adopting. And so oftentimes we do have what we call a puppy, that's, you know, one to three years old because when they were a puppy, it's, oh, it's cute to let them bite or, yeah, yeah. you know, do these things and they get to be big and it's out of control. Um, we deal with dogs that are um, mouthy mm-hmm. a lot. They mm-hmm. aren't biting you. They just use yep. their, they use their mouth to play, sure. which is very scary mm-hmm. for children and you have to work with them. I have one right now that's a foster dog and we spend a lot of time with, you know, teaching them, mm-hmm. like, how do you do gentle touches? And so instead of giving a treat, you know, they have to, you know, she like licks my hand or, you know, mm-hmm. like uses those softer approaches or just puts a nose or lays down nicely. Yep. And that takes a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not easy. And I think that it's, you're adding a very large responsibility. Oh, absolutely. Uh, your if you're a dog or a cat in my family, you're part of the family. You're treated like the family. But I've always found too, because I've raised many puppies uh, from being a little puppy Everybody, you know, if you're if you're one of those people that think, oh, from zero to 12 months old, they're such a pain and there's so much work. I think they're tougher to deal with in the one to two year old age because that's kind of like their teenage years. And that's when they're going to test your boundaries a little bit. That's when they're just going to be like a a teenage kid. They're going to get a little lippy. They're going to test their boundaries. They're going to see what they can get away with. But 
once you get, uh, in my opinion, almost every dog I've had, once they turn two, then they start turning into the animal you've always hoped they would be. A lot of people say that, um, you know, that it's kind of that point and it takes time you know there's different maps you can use about training and Mm -hmm. how long it takes i mean we're lucky to live here in grand forks we have you know a kennel club where Mm -hmm. you can go get a lot of people get really great training there uh petco pet smart both have training going on um and so you have a resource and a lot of people, well, I can't afford that. And, and so, you know, my response always is maybe you want to wait until you can, because your experience is going to be that much more positive. Sure. And, you know, and we won't, if somebody says they can't afford a veterinarian, we can't allow that adoption to happen. Right, right. And uh, you had touched on this earlier too, Laura Lee, um, finding a vet right away. Uh, and I'm going to give a plug to all pets. Uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Gossard has been our vet, gosh, for Probably 30 years. I mean, uh, how many of my dogs and cats? Um, I had an, an iguana that was about five feet long. She actually did a surgical procedure on our iguana. Oh, wow. But they're the kind of people, um, you know, we had to have two pets put down this past winter. But they act like they're part of your family, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you get you get a sympathy card in the mail right. signed by everybody. And mm-hmm. those pets mean as much to them as they do to the owners. And that's what a good vet does. Well, Dr. Gossard has a lot of experience in, I think one of her strongest skill sets is she is willing to investigate what's wrong Mm -hmm. and run special tests. And, you know, everybody has whatever it is that their, you know, strength is. And she's one that just kind of has, I I, I hate to use the word knack, that's not the right word, but kind of, um, she's really got a strong Mm -hmm. ability to figure that out. And so, um, you know, she did work with Circle of Friends as well. And actually what she helped us a lot with was ringworm treatment. Mm. And so um, in the industry, it's common that pets will get euthanized for ringworm. And she, you know, worked alongside all, you know, a really great med team to develop a protocol that now they aren't getting euthanized. We don't euthanize for ringworm. Right. And they're able to get treated. And so... Um, you know, that's great. And kind of throwing a plug back or whatever, we use pet center and kindness. They're always mm-hmm. willing to help us with our um, pets and they have really great vets. And it's, it is the same thing. Um, you know, uh, we have two, so we have, we do open intake um, through Grand Forks County and Grand Forks City. And we act as the pound. And then we also serve other cities and other capacities, depending on what relationship we have with them. But we're fortunate, too, in Grand Forks because, you know, Journey Home Animal Rescue, mm-hmm. who works with Dr. Gossard, they, too, are, you know, helping save some of these pets. Like that you're talking about, you know, they're, they're doing a lot more field work where, yep. um, you know, like when you talk about we found this animal in a crate and, you know, and that's a different type of an emergency situation where we take everything that's a stray from Grand Forks City and County, and we never know what we're going to have come in. You know, it could be a broken leg. Yesterday we had a cat that came in and we ended up doing an emergency um, call with Grand Valley and mm-hmm. they were willing to help us out too. And um, and uh, now we have pets that are helping with that as well. And it was that, um, you know, like we weren't sure what was wrong with the jaw of a cat. And so I think they were really lucky to live in a community that the Absolutely. veterinarians care. Mm-hmm. And that's also why we don't adopt if you won't have a veterinarian right away because it's not what's best for your animal. No. No. And how many times, I mean, I'm sure you've had this happen. You're petting your cat or your dog and we have it happen. And, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh, they're kind of warm or I didn't notice this or, you know, whatever it might mm-hmm. be. And the veterinarians in our community are really 
smart experience and they help you know um, I talked to this one lady who is really hesitant about getting a veterinarian and she said, you know, I've always just had a cat in my house. It doesn't leave my house. I, and this person was home a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're pretty homebound. And I said, well, we really can't adopt to you unless you get this veterinarian relationship. And so they did, they went to a veterinarian here locally and, and she called me and she said, you know what? I explained it to the veterinarian that I'd never done this before. And they just gave me a schedule of, to come in yearly for vaccines, a quick mm-hmm. check. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, I had this impression it was, you know, all the time and oh. tick treatment and flea treatment. And she said, I thought that that would be too much for me. I can't afford that. And my cat never goes outside anyways. And she said that it was such personal service. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have that rule. If you can't get a veterinarian relationship, you're not going to adopt from us. Oh, I think it's a great rule. You said now, uh, this kind of got me, you take everything. Um, Circle of Friends Animal Shelter, you pretty much accept every stray, don't you? Right. So anything that's stray in Grand Forks City comes mm-hmm. in through the police department. And um, so they might, you know, ha- they'll come out and they document and everything. And that is so that we can record to what's going on in the city. And then anything from Grand Forks County, even individuals, as long as they have a license identifying a, you know, Grand Forks mm-hmm. County city, mm-hmm. they can um, just bring any stray to us. Um, the Grand Forks Sheriff Department does a great job. Um, you know, I mean, we're really fortunate to have Andy Schneider and you know, Jane Absolutely. Nelson to work with. Yeah. And so um, both do a really phenomenal job and we're fortunate to get to work with them because they really do care. And, and uh, oops. Yeah. Okay. I, I can join the conversation. That, yeah, like that you joy. always can. Okay. <laughs> no, I think that that's great because uh, I got my dog when I was probably 20 years old. And I have, a, I know a lot of people that have, you know, gotten dogs. And after about a year, they find out like, oh, I can't handle this. So, you know, they get a, like I had a Siberian Husky and you see these people that get these and they put them in an apartment and they're like, oh, well, apparently this thing has a lot of energy and it barks a lot. And then they end up going to a shelter and, you know, and I've seen them just repeat this cycle over and over again. I mean, to my credit, I I had my dog for 15 years, Mm -hmm. but that poor dog had to go through just hell with me, (laughs) (laughs) you know, from apartment to apartment. But I got my dog from, you know, just a mall pet store. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I would have had to go through that kind of like process, I probably would have never have got the dog. I mean, I, I don't regret getting my dog. I mean, I love my dog, and I had her for 15 years. But I also had support from my family and stuff. But like I said, I mean, the you see these people that they, they get these dogs, they have them for a year, maybe two, they end up putting them in an adoption center, and then they turn around, they do the same damn thing again. And, you know, if you had somebody that was like, okay, well, do you have a vet lined up or something like that? They'd probably get turned away. And they do. Uh, even with us and we don't have, you know, you don't have to fill out an application. Some do, which especially when you're more like volunteer based, the application process is a little easier, right? Cause mm-hmm. you can find a volunteer who could read through those at midnight or something. So a lot of times that is why, you know, people use application process and they can ask specific questions and then have a conversation. We have open adoptions, so anybody can come in, but those are the questions we ask, you know, who is your veterinarian? Well, I don't have one. Okay. Well, here's the list of all of them around here, you know, mm-hmm. you need to pick one. And sometimes too, they say, well, you know, I picked this one, but I can't get in for three months. And it's like, okay, but you still need to go drop off 
the information we're giving you mm-hmm. because the veterinarian will see that and they may see something that they want to see you sooner and you'll sure. get that appointment. And um, we, we talk about that. The other thing that people don't always think about is how much food it takes oh, and treats yeah. and what's going to happen when you travel because it's not every family member mm-hmm. decide to, you know, adopt a pet. Our family right now, you know, we've talked about this is that we grew from a family of six to nine mm-hmm. and we travel quite a bit and we're thinking about getting a dog. And so that was one of the things I talked to the kids about because they're like, well, she can go to the lake with us and this. Mm-hmm. And that's grandparents' places. It's not our cabin. Right, right. And so I said, well, actually, you know, we'd have to hire somebody to come here and, you know, take care of her mm-hmm. or she'd go to a friend's house or boarding facilities, mm-hmm. which we're also fortunate to have great boarding Yes, here. yes. And so... When you're thinking about that, and they need to stay busy. Dogs chew on furniture because yeah. they don't have toys to mm-hmm. chew on, and they don't get let out for a walk, so then all of a sudden your pillow becomes a toy to mm-hmm. get rid of that energy. Yep. And when you're looking at all that, it can get really expensive mm. to start yeah. buying these things. And so it's when you're, you know, I always say that if you're going to start looking at a pet, start small with your family. Yep. Because smaller pets have less cost. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite a few veterinarians don't usually see the rabbit yearly. Right, right. Or some do. You know, it just depends on what you have going on. But I have, you know, coworkers and such that have even had rabbits and they've had huge medical bills Mm because they become a member of your family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they can get sick. And so no matter what pet it is, you know, there's a cost behind it. There's a responsibility Mm -hmm. behind it. And I think that it just takes a lot more thought than, oh, I just want one now. Right, right. Um, I actually had a dog that ate one of my couches one time, um, oh. but that's a different story. Looking at some of the numbers, uh, Laura Lee, second chances for between seventeen and eighteen hundred pets per year. You're kind of rounding this up a little bit, but that's like twenty to thirty animals a week that you are giving a second chance to. That you and, and your great staff over there. I mean, you've got one of those jobs, I'm sure you've got your stresses and all that stuff. But I would think at the end of the day, uh, you would have to probably sit down and, and when you start thinking about the day, have a grin on your face and going, you know what? No matter how bad my day was today, uh, it was still a good day. Well, we have such a great team that does create that result. Uh, we have a lot of sad things that we help with and sad things that we see. It's great because they turn it into a positive at the end. And we have a lot of roles, you know? And so we, like one of our favorite things that we get to do is we partner with Meals on Wheels here. We take food to people who are homebound and, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe have lost a job or something. And we bring food for their pets. Before COVID, we used to like visit with them and get that opportunity. But it's fun to see them because we're sometimes their only visitor and they show us their pet through the window. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's fun to be a part of that. And now here, you know, we're at Grand City's Mall. We're your neighbor now. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome. I don't know if you've noticed all the kids groups that are coming through. I was going to ask you about that. That's on my list. (laughs) And so we have kids reading to the pets. And then we have kids coming in. So we have Clover the Rabbit, who's part of our education center. Okay. And, you know, um, the kids, Clover loves to get pet and loves to be, you know, center of attention. So it's funny because... Clover likes carrots and or broccoli mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, any kind of greens. And um, 
normally if you give it to Clover, Clover is very excited to get, you know, a treat or something. Well, when the kids are there, Clover has no interest and just goes from kid to kid. Oh, like, sure. Are you going to pet me? You mm-hmm. know? And so it's just really sweet to watch and we're really excited mm-hmm. that we have all these kids coming in and learning. Yeah, you know, be- something that's kind of uh, cool too, because I, I call them the chain gang. <laughs> but we have a bunch of daycares in this mall and you see all these kids and they're all roped together, you know, <laughs> and they would always stop and they would stare into our window just when we had a little beta fish mm-hmm. sitting galaxy. who was my, my daughter. She, she wanted, <laughs> galaxy. That, she, she wanted at the mall, <laughs> but, <laughs> but the kids, they would stop and they would just like be infatuated with just this little beta mm-hmm. fish. So you guys being in here and being able to see all these pets, I think it's just awesome. Yeah, we're really excited about it. We're looking for businesses that want to partner with us. So we have um, an aquarium with fish that we want to add into our window. And so we're looking for a business that wants to sponsor that. Their logo would be on it. And we have Clover the bunny who needs a, we want to get a bigger cage where the kids can come up to it and, you know, watch Clover interact. And um, we also have now two turtles that are going to be part of the education center. Okay. And so between all of them and having kids be able to come in and watch, you know, these interactions, the turtles were abandoned. And so we're just going to move them into our education center um, and let them be, uh, you know, like something, some pets that people can learn from Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. adopting them out. So now the new offices here or the, okay. So you guys are still on the far North of town, out, out of town a ways. Yep. That's the medical center. Okay. That's the medical center. And now what is here in the grand cities mall? So the medical center um, is out there and then that's where intake is where when you're talking about strays mm-hmm. and everything and where you get your pet. And then we're remodeling that. And so we will have those, um, like, you know, we've done in the past where we have like a vaccination clinic or chip clinic. We'll be able to do some of those out there. Um, and then here at Grand Cities, kind of as your neighbors, we have an education center and an, an adoption center. And so the adoption center is obvious what it is at the same time inside the adoption center as well is where we do this kennel enrichment. And we have that education about how much space does a dog really need while Mm -hmm. they're waiting to go to their home and to think about that because, um, you know, when you're getting it spontaneously, a lot of people, you know, are just looking at the faces in those cages, but they aren't thinking about the fact like in my own home, would I really put four dogs in a kennel this size right? and, or puppies or whatever, and really thinking about that. So we also have that education piece, which kind of, I mean, we have all these pets coming in and our process is slower than maybe a pet store or a breeder because so, yeah. because of the spacing. We can't, you mm-hmm. know, we, we want to do what's right. So that's why we need a lot of support too. Because and, and, you know, you guys aren't just trying to get them out the door. You know, a pet store, okay, that'll be this much money. Give me my money. Here's your animal. You guys educate a little bit. You look into these people uh, to make sure that they are even qualified to have a pet but you guys are looking out for the pet as much as you are the people. Well, and it's also that part of, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I went to your website and I went to, you know, like journey homes. Neither of you have this. I don't want to go through the process. And my conversation piece always back is why is it such a rush? Mm -hmm. 
you know, like, why is it such a rush? Um, that you takes know. all day to buy a cell phone for Pete's sakes. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> well, and I've been, you know, I've been um, in this role for close to five years coming up here. And we haven't had a dog the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it was that I had young children. I have, you know, a big responsibility working with this team. There's volunteer things I do. And it just didn't feel fair you know, to a mm-hmm. pet to, and so I fostered and did things, but I always thought, why is that rush? You know, and then you get the response, well, it's a birthday present. It's like, okay, so tell them that you're going to spend a year, mm-hmm. you know, your birthday present is when we find the right one from a rescue or a shelter, then that will be your present. Sure. And part of the process is we'll do this together. And so, um, like I said, you know, Grand Forks is really fortunate because we have both and they, you know, we have different things that we specialize in, but you're helping a pet that didn't have anywhere else to go. Tell us about your first pet. You were, you were <laughs> telling us uh, about <laughs> this out so before. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, the, the first cat, I think you said you ever had, but. I um, did. Here, I'll show, because this is what brought it up. Let's see here if we can get her or him. <laughs> okay, so this looks just like my first one. And my parents lived, or my parents, my grandparents lived in a trailer park. And one day my grandma said, oh, you have to come see what we have. And there was a cat who had had babies kind of under her porch. And, um, you know, of course, we watched and observed. And then as time went on, it was obvious nobody was going to take care of you know, mm-hmm. this cat. And so I had a little garage sale of like my toys and stuff. My mom helped me and then I bought food so that the mom cat at first could eat. And then this is the look of the kitten I ended up taking from the batch. So. And you had a rummage sale to buy your own food and everything, yeah, you selling know, you off your sell toys just so you to... could. <laughs> well, I mean, I was, I think I was really fortunate. I lived with parents who, um, you know, they didn't have a lot. So mm-hmm. it wasn't something mm-hmm. that, and I really appreciated that we always had the opportunity. My brother used to, so he had his, one of his first businesses was, so I was a babysitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I love children. And my brother used to walk around the neighborhood and sell cookies. Oh, yeah. He'd make cookies and he had like his little cookie business. And now he actually has another business. And it's funny because we all did these little things. And so I remember, you know, my mom, would always allow us. So I lined up my toys and then, you know, my mom helped me buy cat food for this cat. And then I ended up with a kitten. And so, uh, it's, it's a great lesson. The cat's name, of course, very creative was kitty. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story though. You know, circle of friends, animal shelter, you can't, uh, it's not just dogs and cats. Uh, you had mentioned rabbits. I know you've got a bunch of rabbits now. Uh, you also mentioned ferrets earlier. Mm But if somebody's looking to adopt, it's not just all about dogs and cats. No, it's not. Uh, We've had a lot of different situations, and our role is very unique in the community. So we're here to work in partnership with um, the police department and the sheriff's department and the community itself or the communities themselves. So when you're looking at, like, what's the story behind the story? Like, why do things happen and how can we help? So sadly, we help with sad situations. Um, I don't know if you saw this weekend, but there was a deceased dog mm-hmm. found down by a dam. And we, we are the ones that we're going to try to describe this pet so that anybody who might be looking would know what happened. Um, so we do all the DOAs so that um, and we make sure that anybody who might have reported a lost pet that we can call them and, you know, care for them even with Mm -hmm. them being passed. So that's a role that we have, which brings some interesting pets in. And obviously, you know, that's just a service that we offer. 
Um, another sad thing that happened, but really helped me realize in this role that we really do serve in this community is, and I, I don't know if you remember this or not, but we had a mom who took her life and her three kids' mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And inside that home was three bearded dragons. And so we helped with that. And then we made sure those bearded dragons went to children. One was actually the daughter's good friend. Okay. And so we get all sorts of pets, um, that have gone through different things and we do our best to match that pet to the situation they came from. So if grandpa had a dog, actually I remember a dog and he was always in my office. We couldn't get him to eat. He wouldn't eat no matter what. And his owner had died. Oh, it was an older man and his mm-hmm. owner had died. The older man had passed away. I wish I could remember his name. I can see him. I'm just drawing a blank. But anyways, so we tried everything. So my son, I picked him up from school and he was in my office and my son had gotten like a burger and French fries and he set it on his knee and the dog put the burger in his mouth and then spit the bun out. And we were laughing so hard <laughs> and he had eaten the burger and we were like, wow, after three days, cause we were really concerned. Okay. This dog lost its owner. It's never going to eat again. And you know, we match these pets up. Then we try to go find somebody who's older who is interested in that pet. So their transition too into a new home is less. Obviously I'm sure if you came to my house, you'd think it's the loudest thing you've ever been to mm-hmm. and pets get used to that. Sure. So if we know that somebody came from, or one of the pets came from, you know, a whole bunch of kids or grandma or a single person, we try to match that up as close as we can, which sometimes also delays the adoption process because we might say no to grandpa's dog to go Mm -hmm. live with a bunch of kids because where they came from never had kids there. And that, like you said, I mean, you shared a great story. They get scared of those noises. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people aren't really having the time to be that patient right and and you know there's a cost involved with adopting from circle of friends but um i mean you microchip them the id tags you 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 run them through medical tests to make sure everything's okay uh spayed neutered all that kind of stuff so when you do adopt the pet it's basically going to be turnkey at least for the first year until or until you have your regular visit with your vet well and it's that all of those things would cost you a lot to go get, and we know how important they are. So we don't want multiplying of pets. When you look at how many pets are homeless in the United States, the number is huge. And a lot of shelters, we are not one of them. We, we do not euthanize for space. Mm-hmm. A lot of shelters in bigger cities have no choice. Right, right. Um, they have to. There's so many. And they can't get transfers out. You know, there's there's always this conversation piece because we try to partner with shelters when they get really full so that we can try to avoid that. And, you know, there's people who have the thought process, like, if they aren't from here, we don't want them here. But it's kind of a partnership that you have along these shelter lines to try to help each other because sometimes, like hurricanes, we helped during a hurricane one time because they had to empty these shelters. And what are you going to do? There's not going to be at the shelter to feed them. And, right. And so you have to have that partnership available. But there are so many homeless pets in the United States that, you know, I I always encourage people to think about it longer. Mm -hmm. And when you're looking to buy that gift, make the finding of it from a rescue and a shelter be an experience that you do together instead of a spontaneous decision that may not be best for you. Mm -hmm. Um, I know the pandemic, the COVID thing uh, was kind of put a dent or a kink a little bit into your donations. But what are what are you guys accepting now for donations? Because you guys always need a lot of things. The biggest thing we always need is kitty litter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It never changes. 
Tell me about it. I feel like you and I. And those boxes are freaking heavy, too. (laughs) Kitty litter. Jeez. But, I mean, uh, you know, in in years past, um, blankets Mm -hmm. and things like that that we have dropped off out there. And I know you had to put a stop to that because of the COVID thing. But will that ever come back again? Well, so what we always try to do is say that, you know, if you are willing to wash it, and then, like, you know, put it mm-hmm. in a bag for a couple of days. Let us know you did that. Mm-hmm. Bec- and then drop it off. And then we'll wash it one time when it comes. Mm-hmm. We can use used things. It doesn't work if it's already a rag. Sure. Right. Or stained. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we did have to slow that down because, you know, we need nicer things. They can, mm-hmm. be, they can be used to the point that you're like, hey, this isn't really going to be a blanket on my bed ever again. Right. Right. We got a new one now. Well, mm-hmm. and we can use that. Mm-hmm. It's that if it has holes and tears and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just like if you can't use it for a rag, we can't use it right. for a rag. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a dog or cat laying on it. It still should be halfway nice. <laughs> Halfway. Well, it should be nice. Okay. All the <laughs> way nice. <laughs> Remember, my dog lays in the dirt a lot, too. I, but. Know. I have one that does that now, yeah. too. Um, what about volunteers? Uh, circle of Friends, are you guys looking for volunteers? We are right now with this new location, too. We're looking for business groups or groups of friends who want to do some painting. You can also socialize with the pets afterwards. We're looking for kids to come in and volunteer and read with the pets. Oh, sure. And we're also looking for, you know, daycares or uh, school groups or just mom groups of kids who want to come in and learn about pets and do learning activities. We're learning as we go. Mm -hmm. So now we're post, you know, we're post COVID in the sense that people go out and do things. And so we need people who are willing to try some things out with us, let give us feedback. And we learn about, well, what size of a group can handle this lesson. And so we're looking for that. And then also people who maybe want to come in and, um, volunteer to paint, Mm-hmm. Um, we're also going to be opening up some dog viewing rooms. We're looking for businesses oh, that want to sponsor those and have sure. their logos on them. So a lot of different opportunities as we're expanding and, you know, need that support. Um, it's always nice because, you know, it's just like when you adopt a pet from us, you're helping the next one. So when you're doing these things, you're helping a large group of right. pets mm-hmm. find it's, homes. Yeah. So with the reading thing, because my daughter is eight years old and, I think that's a great idea because not only is it good for the pets, but it also increases their, you know, uh, education as far as, you know, trying to read and, and that kind of thing. So, you know, if I wanted to have my daughter come and read to a pet, what, like, what steps would I need to take as like a certain day or an hour or did you already cover that? We have. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> we have different days. Right now we're doing it Wednesday and Thursday, and it's from 4 to 5. And so you can sign up on the sign-up link, and then you can sit there um, outside the cage and do the reading. And then we're working on having small crafts, so we look, we're look we looking for donations of craft items mm-hmm. that the kids can make something you know at the end um and it helps them learn as well so like one really easy thing is when people donate like brand new fleece um we can have another volunteer cut it into strips and then that can become a cat toy that the kids oh, can make because they breed yeah. them mm-hmm. and then they can put that in the cage kids like to read in front of a pet more than people oh uh, yeah yeah you know, and so, and it's safe. They're in a cage. The pet, you know, oftentimes will push their back against the cage so the kids can kind of, you know, um, pet them. If they want to have that social interaction, they do need to go through the volunteer training so they can learn a little bit more about behaviors, keeping everybody safer. Mm-hmm. And also, um, it will give them ideas too on how they can um, do things to give the pet even a better environment than 
just kind of rushing and starting to touch a pet that they don't know. Right, right. Somebody wants to find out more, if they want to get a hold of Circle of Friends, Animal Shelter, uh, phone numbers, websites, Facebook, why don't you throw all that out there for us? Well, the easiest way would just be to go to our website, which is cofpets.com or our Facebook page, um, Circle of Friends, Animal Shelter. The reason is, is all of that's on there, and that will save, you know, you not hearing me say the number right when I say it. <laughs> You and your staff do an incredible job. Um, it, this is something I wish more and more people. Uh, I'm pretty much a rescue guy now. I, I never was before, but I'm pretty much a rescue guy now. And more and more people out there, you know what? I'm not knocking the pet stores or any of that, but uh, odds are most of those pets do come from a puppy mill or a kitty mill or whatever you want to call them. But um, think about adopting. I mean, it, it, you're just going to feel so good about it. And once you walk into Circle of Friends and you start looking at these animals, I mean, it, it breaks your heart. It, it really does, because you wish you could take every one of them home. And I'm hoping uh, that you're going to be bringing more animals by here soon someday. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, too, because, uh, I mean, those kittens you got in there, they're really, adorable. They're, they're adorable. They are. But if I could hold a puppy, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> well, and they're going to come, you know, like I said, they come spayed and neutered up to date vaccinations. Um, you have the microchip. And so it's a much different situation. The thing to remember when you're looking at where your pet comes from, and this is a question I always ask because the answer will change depending on where you're looking, but is it money driven or is it service driven? And so, mm -hmm. you know, um, some people may be very desperate for money, so they might not even think it's right for their pet to have another litter. Maybe one happened by accident, you know, whatever might have happened. The thing that we do is if we find out about a litter of pets or a pet being pregnant and the person says it happened by accident or whatever might have happened, um, we will take the kittens or puppies, mm -hmm. you know, whatever, and then we also help them spay. Sure. And neuter if both, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And so uh, we want to make that difference. And so, again, it's it's thinking about where you're getting something from. And, you know, is there proper spacing? Is it, like, you know, all crammed into as small a space as possible to make the most money? Or is it that when you're looking, you know, wherever you choose, is it that you know that they're in foster homes? You know, these kittens came from... Katrina, who is one of our best kitten. Mm -hmm. you know, we have Katrina and Lisa. They're both amazing kitten fosters. They have a room of their house dedicated, like a bedroom that they've turned into Kitten Central. And they have. Oh, wow. Wait, are you talking about Tina? No. Oh, uh, uh, my old daycare provider. She. Kat er, Katrina? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she went by Tina. Uh, is it? Uh, well, I don't want to throw out her last name here, but yeah, she was my, I'm pretty sure who we were talking about was my, she uh -huh. was our daycare provider for my son. And oh, okay. yeah, she had. She does a, have a daycare, so I will confirm that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, she's, I think we she's, hit on it there. Yeah, her and her, her, and her husband, I'm just going to say Scott. Yes, that is <laughs> yeah. the right one then. <laughs> okay. Now the cat's yeah, out of the bag. Yeah, they're, so, yeah, they're yeah. awesome. Yeah, These they, are her kittens that she is, you know, that she's fostered. We'll put them back out here. And so she gets them to the point and, you know, takes really good care of them. She has webcams and Lisa Canola is the other one. I put her last name. And out the there. kids in the daycare get to play with them too, which is really cool. And so, yeah, they're socializing them and, um, but they have whole rooms of their house that they have set up and they have, you know, I have to laugh because like when the kittens first come in, they only get a little bit of space, you know, mm -hmm. you're, and then it grows and then pretty soon they're running the whole house. And, um, it's really fortunate when you have great fosters like that, but think about that, you know, like if you, so if you're in a hurry 
you know, we don't have kittens all the time mm -hmm. because we have them in a foster home waiting till they are. But as you can tell, I mean, we've passed these all around and they aren't sitting oh, there. Oh, they're fine. Yeah. You know, biting. And they're going to come with that vaccination medical check and coming from a loving home. So. Mm -hmm. uh, they're just kittens. I mean, mm -hmm. I was holding on to the one that was crawling all over me. <laughs> it just being a kitten. Right. Um, you know what, folks, uh, if you're watching this show, uh, when we do air this, think about adopting. Uh, think about Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. Uh, now, uh, of course, they're north of Grand Forks, but a couple of places. Uh, the one is open now for sure here in the Grand Cities Mall, and mm -hmm. I think the other one's in the process. I, I haven't walked down that way lately, but um, and we, we're looking forward to you bringing in more animals. And uh, we want to help you get these things to a forever home. Thank you, Laura Lee Tupa. Thank you. Uh, and, and make sure you let your staff know again, and I'm sure you do a lot, how an amazing job that they are doing over they there. They are absolutely phenomenal at what they do. And welcome to the Grand Cities Mall. Thank you. There you go. Laura Lee Tupa from Circle of Friends Animal Shelter. Be watching for the next Circle of Friends Animal Shelter podcast. Bring a puppy. Yeah, bring a puppy <laughs> next time. Maybe I'll bring mine. That's probably going to become mine. She's. We're going to try to train her to be around a lot of people. Good. That'll be <laughs> awesome. Uh, COFpets.com. Check out the Facebook page. Find out more. Folks, have yourself a great day. Make sure to like, share, tag, and follow us. And hit that notification bell, too. We're GFBS. We are Grand Fork's best source.